The Knowledgeable Provider Podcast is intended primarily to entertain, also to inform, but it is not a substitute for actual medical training and should not be used by anyone to diagnose or treat any medical condition in themselves or others. If you need medical advice, please make an appointment to see your own knowledgeable medical provider. The opinions expressed by me and anyone else who happens to appear on the podcast are solely those of the people expressing them and are not necessarily representative of any other entities. Other than the lunches at the office, I do not receive any sort of compensation from pharmaceutical or medical device companies, and I have no other relevant financial disclosures. Look, this is all for fun, okay? Don't sue me. All right, on with the show. Well, Miss Carlos Bauer, welcome to Knowledgeable Provider. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jody. I've been looking forward to our conversation. I really appreciate you doing this. Well, thank you very much. I have too. Uh, you want to just introduce yourself? I'm Carlos Bauer. I have a uh, daughter named Jordan, who's a college professor down in Birmingham. I uh, have dogs, lots of dogs, and I love dogs. I'm also a uh, Sunday school teacher, have been for over 20 years, of 70 fabulous ladies at First Baptist Church, retired from Bell South after 33 years, 15 years ago. So I stay pretty busy. Awesome. Congratulations. It sounds like you got a full life. I do have a full life. It's a good one, too. Absolutely. <laughs> I, that's kind of why that's part of why I was looking forward to this is just to kind of learn more about you as a person, because I only know you, you know, from here as a patient. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh -huh. What does Jordan teach? Her doctorate's in urban and environmental history, but she teaches a lot of history classes. She also teaches some civil rights and some women's rights classes. And uh, what did you do at Bell South for all those years? I was a manager over there on Grant Street of a group called RC Mac. And what we did is we handled nine states, the, the southeast region of uh, the country, uh, all of their orders, whether it was a connect, a disconnect, adding features, when we used to have phones, you know, sure. landlines. And you said you retired uh, 15 years ago, right? That's exactly right. Uh -huh. At the age of 55. Sure did. So I guess things had already started to change by then as oh, far as you uh, landlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had. They had certainly had. And so we had gotten into the cell phone business. I think it was called AT&T Mobility at that time. Was that a big transition? Was that a big change? Not really. Uh, not at all. Uh, it's still dial tone to us okay. no matter what. Are you from this area originally? Born uh, in Memphis. Lived there 35 years and I've been here 35 years. I like Memphis. I like going over there and hanging out. Yeah, I like it, too. I don't go very often, though. This is kind of home now. I went and did the uh, Civil Rights Museum over there a couple oh, of, yes. I guess, a year or two ago. That was really cool. I've not seen that yet. I'd love to. Yeah, it's it's worth a trip over there, definitely. And Graceland, of course, obviously, Graceland. You got to do that. Right, for sure. And Beale Street. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the Rendezvous Barbecue <laughs> place. Oh, right. That's the one that's like in the little alley there. That's right. right. There. Yeah, Charlie Virgo's. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right, by, right across from uh, the Peabody. Mm, right, right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, uh, my friend and I went there. We, we struggled to find it a little bit. But we did <laughs> it is it. hard to find the Rendezvous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So we're here today really to talk about smoking. Yes, and you, as a person who has successfully quit smoking, congratulations. Thank you very much. That's amazing. I know it. It is. 
you want to talk about just your your history with smoking? Sure, I'll be glad to. I grew up, both my mom and my dad both smoked, but that's not why I smoked. I went away to school, University of Arkansas, when I was 19, so that's been 51 years ago, and when I got there, I didn't know anyone. And it seemed like all of the girls in the dorm smoked. And back in the early 70s, like 72, it was cool to smoke. Sure. And when I saw them smoking, I didn't even think about my parents smoking and it smoked all my life. I thought about them and I wanted to I wanted to blend in. I wanted to fit. And so I started smoking at 19. Got you. And smoked for 51 years. Wow. Wow. It's right. Yeah. I was looking back at the chart and I actually... To calculate the pack year smoking history, you, you multiply the number of packs times the year smoked. And I have you at 80, which means h- how many packs a day were you probably smoking? You're talking about in the 70s? Uh, at any time. Because back then, you could smoke everywhere. Mm. You could smoke on an airplane, in restaurants. Uh, I smoked in a doctor's office one time. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could smoke at work. I, uh, you know, you could smoke everywhere. Then, you know, when they kind of put the hammer down on that, then I didn't smoke near as much because I was still working. And then when I retired 15 years ago, I um, started smoking more. I was not a social smoker where I'd smoke when I was hanging out with my friends. No, I was an all-day, all-night smoker. In fact, I was the type loved smoking. I loved it. And I smoked in the house, in the car. Now, not in other people's, but in my own house, I smoked all the time, smoked all day, smoked all evening. And then what I would do, I'm ashamed to say it, but I would get up in the middle of the night, watch a couple of murder she wrote and smoke and then go back to bed and get up at six every morning. That was just a habit with me. I loved it that much. I loved smoking, but I didn't love being a smoker, if that makes sense. Yeah, you were definitely not a casual smoker. No, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Not at all. Mm-mm. No. With both of your parents smoking, how'd you make it through childhood without ever starting? You know, I don't know because it didn't turn me off and it didn't turn me on. I don't know. It, I'd never seen them not smoke. And it's just like my daughter Jordan now. She'd never seen me not smoke. Okay. She's 44. Yeah. And so um, this has been a kind of a big deal for her. My dad smoked in the house growing up. I remember associating the smell of a cigarette with home. You know, it was comforting. That's right. Like after I moved out of the house, I never, I've never smoked, but when I would smell it, I would think, oh, you know, that's yeah, home. that's how I know it. Not anymore. I outgrew that finally, but uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's how it was for a while. Well, I'll tell you, if you'd gone to my home, or if you, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that the smoke is gone after five months, but um, it's better. Okay, I'll put it that way. I don't know if it ever goes away. I'm sure it's hard to get that smell out. Oh, it is. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that any kind of trigger for you? Do you? Can you walk in the house and smell smoke? No, not anymore. I did. But now that I've kind of aired the house out and everything and had the carpets <laughs> washed and, uh, you know, washed down walls and things like that and um, pretty much gotten a new wardrobe. <laughs> okay. It's not quite as much of a trigger now. I think maybe we talked in here the other day about smelling like a smoker. Exactly. In fact, most doctors that I see, let's say I'm sitting in their their room waiting for them to come in. I've had several doctors, even Dr. McClure and, and lots of doctors say, oh, I can see you're a, or I can smell you're a smoker. Sure. They can smell it in your hair and your clothes. No matter what I you do, it, you don't get rid of it, do you? 
Right, sure. And and I guess you don't smell that as a, no. like you don't smell it yourself. Oh, no, not at all. No, not at all. When you're a smoker, how what kind of impact does that have on your daily life? The smoking was, was really my best friend. You know, I'd smoked all of my life, basically, adult life anyway. And cigarettes, ashtray, and lighter were my three best friends. If I moved from the bedroom to the kitchen, they those three came with me. If I moved to the den, if I went outside to water, whatever, I always had those three things with me. When I would get in the car, when I'd get out of the car, there was never really a time that they weren't right beside me. And that's odd to me, you know, now that I think about it. And that's taken a lot of getting used to not having those three best friends right beside you where you could touch it. But that was kind of the life of a smoker when you're at home. Now, when you're out, big difference. Or if you're if you're at a friend's house or your family, you're at their their home or something like that. It's a whole different ball game because you have to find a smoker has to find a place to smoke when they're not at home, and that's a that's a big deal. Last let's see, Christmas before last, our church took the senior adults to Nashville to see Amy Grant and Vince Gill for their Christmas program. And we were going to have a very, very nice dinner. It was a big, big bus, about 40 or 50 of us on there. And so I ate quickly so that I could go out and smoke before we had to get back on the bus to go to the concert kind of thing. And when I did, I discovered I didn't have my cigarettes. I'd left them in my car. They weren't in my purse. And so what I did is I traipsed around Nashville in the dark looking for a store where I could buy cigarettes and a lighter. Never found one. So that was 11 hours of not having one. And that was was tough. You're always looking for a place to smoke, whether it's in a Target parking lot or let's say you leave a restaurant where you go around the building and the landscape in there, smoke, uh, you know, the corner of a building or going outside when you're visiting family. You know, they excuse yourself and you're, you know, every hour going out there. It's really inconvenient, you know, if That's you're not true. at home. <laughs> sure. And and I would imagine over the years it got harder and harder to find places where you could smoke out in public. Yeah, because let's say that you've just come out of a grocery store or something like that. You're just trying to get to the car as fast as you can because you don't want to sit there and smoke, you know, by a grocery store or something like that. The folks back then, back in the 70s and 80s, you know, it wasn't a really big deal. You didn't think about what people looked at when they looked at you and when you were smoking. But over the last, let's say, 20, 25, 30 years, the looks that you get, that a smoker gets, is kind of one of maybe disdain or disapproval. They're not compassionate looks. (laughs) You know, hey, there's an addict. And, uh, you know, I feel sorry that, you know, she's so addicted that she has to you know, smoke here, you know, right here. I don't think there's a lot of tolerance for smokers. So you can, so you can feel that. You can, you, you betcha. Can definitely see people. Oh, in their faces. Yes, indeed. Now, nobody at my church that I know of knew about me smoking until I quit and didn't intend to quit. Didn't want to quit. Didn't intend to quit. We'll get to that if you want to. But Absolutely. It makes you feel when other people look at you that are not smokers, it makes you ashamed. And it makes you feel self-conscious and that you're you're just, I don't know, it's a whole different look 
than a, than a look of acceptance. It's more of disapproval. But it certainly didn't deter me from smoking. <laughs> didn't stop me. <laughs> when do you think that started to change? Let's see. I'm going to say it'd be in the 2000s. I think 90s, it was still okay to smoke. And that's why I would assume it's been in the last 20 years that it's been uncool to smoke. I'm 41, so I'm close to your daughter's age. I still remember like when there were smoking sections of restaurants and yeah. smoking areas in the airport and, and even ashtrays on airplanes. I remember that from when I was very, very young. Yes. Ashtrays and car. Well, you know, we have a 2006 car that still has an ashtray and a cigarette lighter in it. I know. it. Um, but yeah, just now that I'm thinking about it, that stuff seems like a relic now, but it really hasn't been that long. It hasn't, but it was a part of life. I mean, you just, you could smoke pretty much anywhere. I remember going to, uh, you know, you always have to go through Atlanta when you're flying. And, you know, that when they find, when they put up that glassed-in area, that enclosure for smokers, it's just a horrible, horrible room because you can see it and you can smell it from way, way back. Didn't deter me from smoking, though. <laughs> sure, sure. You went on in there. Yeah. You betcha. <laughs> Maybe that is actually the airport place that I'm picturing, because I have this vision of like a million people packed into a very clear glass that room is it, exactly. with a cloud of It's okay. exactly right. Okay. And if you ever like stuck your nose in there, you just you wouldn't have been able to stand it. Sure. Only a smoker's tough enough to go in that room. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting that they made the glass clear. I wonder if that was a little, little subtle, like, oh, look at these people. You know, you want to go in here and be on display. That's right. You're so ostracized that we're going to make this thing glass where people can see you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you'd make that choice otherwise. But I sure did miss it when it went away because then you had to, you know, smoke outside. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Can you talk about the financial part of being a smoker? Like, I bet you spent a lot of money on cigarettes over the years. I spent a lot of money on cigarettes. In fact, every Saturday, I spent a little over $100 every Saturday. I'd take me and the dogs. We'd go every Saturday to get a carton of cigarettes. I'd get them some bacon. And so it was usually around four to $500 a month. But wow. I'm ashamed to say that... That didn't stop me from smoking. I would have given up something else to be able to buy cigarettes. In fact, that wasn't, Jody, that wasn't even a factor in me quitting. Was, oh, this has gotten so expensive now. Mm -mm. Right. No, no, $10, $12 a pack. I remember riding my bicycle in Memphis to go get my mom a pack of cigarettes. And back then you had cigarette machines. You'd pull out like a, you know, you'd punch the thing for Salem. And they were a quarter a pack. And now they're way over $10 a pack. $10 for what, for 20 cigarettes? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Worth every penny of it. That's 50 cents per cigarette, right? I know that's it. That's chicken wing price. <laughs> that's the price of a chicken wing <laughs> when they're on sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I felt like cigarettes tasted better than a chicken wing. You know, it, you're an addict is all it is. It's an addiction. A really, really sad, gripping addiction. So no, the price didn't bother me at all how much they cost. Would would not have mattered. They could just keep going up every week and it wouldn't have bothered me. $400, $500 a month is a, not an insignificant amount of money. No, especially for a retiree. Big difference. But yeah, I always had the money though for it. Always. Yeah. There's kind of a, not a joke, but a, a, a saying that comes up frequently in medicine where people being like judgy will say, oh, you know, you can't afford your medicine, but you can always afford a pack of cigarettes, right? And that's addiction because I would have bought cigarettes over 
blood pressure medicine or, you know, I mean, I'm a, I was a hard case. I mean, I'm sure there's other smokers like me out there, but I don't know that I ever met one. Really? Mm-mm. Not, not, not die hard like me. Mm-mm. No, I loved it. Isn't that awful? It's, it, it's shameful no. to even say that. No, no, no. no. I, don't, I don't mean to make you feel bad or oh, ashamed you're not. at all. No no, 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 you're not. I'm ashamed of myself for something to grip you like that that meant the whole world to you. Mm, terrible. Do you feel like other things suffered in your life because of that? Did it ever affect relationships or work? I don't think it ever affected my work. I wouldn't think the friendships would have been affected either. My mom died of lung cancer at 55. Wow. And that was uh, 35 years ago tomorrow. All right. Well, we watched that. Mm -hmm. I was smoking before that, smoked through it, and smoked afterwards. It didn't affect me. I mean, it it affected me losing my mom. That liked to kill the uh, the whole family, but it didn't stop me. And my brothers, they loved my mom so much that they— they hated that I smoked. I don't know that it affected the love we had between each other, but you could see the sorrow, I think, on their faces when I'd light up in front of them. So I did. I never lit up in front of them if I could help it, because that was a very you know rough go. She died early. Yes. And it was a rough one. At 35 years ago, it was really rough. Well, I'm very sorry for the loss and, and for the sad anniversary coming up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jody. Thank you very much. So, I mean... You would think all of that would, I mean, I don't even know how to describe myself. It's awful. I mean, it's Like you terrible. said, it's an addiction. I mean, it, <laughs> it's powerful, it obviously. Is, yeah, 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 it did. But I don't think relationships really suffered any from it. I think it was more of a disappointment, a sorrow more than anything else, which is bad enough, right? Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Mm. Did your brothers ever smoke? No, they never did. My dad was an alcoholic. We never drank, but I did take up the smoking. Did you ever have any kind of like safety incidents? Did you ever burn holes in your clothes or set anything I on did. fire? I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. They would be like just a flick of an ash. It wouldn't be like anything, a fire or any kind of burning or anything, or I couldn't smell it or, or or anything like that. But every now and then I'd look down in that top and I'd go, oh, man, you know, where an ash, it, it burn a hole in it. Yeah. Still didn't stop me, though, Jody. Isn't that awful? I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that. Well, no, I, I don't want you to feel bad. I, I hope this is not making you feel No, uh, it's not. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah, I appreciate you talking about it. It's, yeah. it's very nice of you to be willing to talk about all that. Was there anything good that came out of being a smoker? I think it was all negative being a smoker, except the only good thing that I can see in me smoking was that I loved it. Okay. That was the only good. And no one else would ever consider that to be good. But that would be the only good I could see is that I loved it so much. But no, everything else is pretty negative. Any medical issues going on now that came from smoking? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I get a CAT scan, as you well know, every year in February uh, for the lungs. I'm so glad you're doing that. Yeah, lung cancer does run in the family. So I do that. And glory be to God, my lungs are still clear as far as I know. I go back next month. We'll get another CAT scan on it, but that has not affected it. But my health, as far as I think the blood, I take three blood pressure pills a day, and that's not something I ever had a problem with. And also, you are the one, Jody, who found the blockage in my carotid artery. And um, 
sent me to a vascular surgeon, Dr. Stuckey. And so that it's 40% blocked. And we can, I think, just know that that's probably caused by smoking. So that right there. And then I think last summer, or let's say uh, Memorial Day weekend, the last week of May, all the way through the summer, through the end of August, I had a cough that wasn't a chronic, it was a chronic cough, but it was a choking cough. It was a, I can't catch my breath and throwing up kind of cough. It was that deep that it came from way on down and I would throw up. And this happened daytime, evening, and then nights were really rough. We tried lots of inhalers and that type thing, a lot of medications, a lot of cough syrups, Delsum, and uh, one gal brought me over a bottle of whiskey to try that, just anything to get me from coughing because when I would be teaching on Sundays, I would be coughing so much that somebody else would have to come up and take over and I'd have to leave and go home because I was uh, throwing up. So anyway, what got me to stop smoking is not because I wanted to. Didn't intend to, didn't plan to, didn't want to. But I had been coughing so much for months, and finally you gave me that nebulizer. Now, that's what, that's what helped. That's what got the coughing to stop. But anyway, I found an old bottle of Shantix that a doctor, and it may have been you, Jody, who had prescribed them, and I don't even know how many years old it was. And I thought, now, I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping smoking but I'm going to take the Shantix to see if I'll cut down on it. Because when you take Shant or when I take Shantix, cigarettes don't taste good. In fact, they make you a little sick. They make you super sick. Now, I, yeah, I can keep smoking with them, but they're no fun. And so I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll take some Shantix. I'm not quitting. Just going to take some Shantix so that I will decrease the amount of smoking that I'm, then I might just lighten one right off or, you know, another one. And so I thought, okay, let's do this. And and it does. I took them for a week, the Shantix, and I didn't smoke near as much because like I said, it does make you sick. It does give you some, some, some bad nightmares, but you can live with that. And um, one Sunday, August 27th, gone to church. I'd smoked before church, smoked in the car after church, got home. And I noticed around two o'clock on that that afternoon on a Sunday that I had not smoked in an hour. And I thought, now, how could that be that I haven't smoked from one to two? So what I did is I got a sheet of paper and I drew out, I drew a clock with all the numbers on it. And I went to the two two on the clock, on the handmade clock, and I crossed out the one and I thought, you didn't smoke from one to two. So I crossed out that one. Then I, I thought, well, that, that's strange, but okay. So I thought, well, I tell you what, Carlos, go through two o'clock hour. Just go through it. That way you can mark off the two. And then at three o'clock, you'll be able to smoke all you want to. Let's just, let's just try that for a couple of hours. Well, at three o'clock, that didn't bother me. And I thought, well, okay, you can smoke all you want at four o'clock. So I started marking off all of these hours and everything. And I thought, now, wait a minute. I'm not stopping. I don't want to quit smoking. I'm not doing this. I'm not, I am definitely not going to quit smoking. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself that night, I thought, now, it's been four or five hours. You had not had a cigarette. That's crazy. And uh, I thought, I'm going to take my three best friends. 
cigarettes, ashtray lighter, had nine packs. Just had just bought some on Saturday, right? Okay. This was a Sunday evening. And I said, I'm taking these three things and I'm going to go put them on Jordan's bed. She still got a bedroom in the house. And that means that, Carlos, if you're going to smoke, you're going to have to walk into her room to get those cigarettes. And Jody, I couldn't do that. I couldn't walk in her room to get one. So I went through the night and went through, you know, the, I guess, withdrawals or whatever you call it, whatever it was. But I wasn't going to go in her room to get those cigarettes. And all of a sudden, it turned into the next day and the next day. And I thought to myself, I know what's happened here. What's happened is God had been telling me for about 30 years, 30 out of the 50 years, to stop smoking. This doesn't fit who you are, Carlos. You've got to stop smoking. And, of course, I wouldn't. There's No, I'm not going to stop smoking. And I just kept telling him no and no. And I think what he did that weekend or that Sunday is he said, then if she's not going to stop, I'm going to stop her. And that's exactly, I believe, what happened, Jody. I believe he stopped me. And so what I've done is I've just kind of considered that in my own mind as a Red Sea miracle. Because to me, me not smoking is a miracle. People use that word loosely, you know, oh, it's a miracle. This truly is a miracle, me not smoking. And I believe it's because of him. He stopped me. He said, you're not going to stop yourself. I'm stopping you. And he did. It does sound like it sort of came out of the blue. It sure did. I never planned on it. Didn't want to, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> Have you smoked a cigarette since then? No. That was uh-uh. it. Uh-uh. Those nine packs are still sitting in a kitchen drawer with the ashtray and the red lighter. They're not still in Jordan's room. No, they're not. They're in the kitchen drawer right now. And I feel good about them being in there. I just, you know, need to see them every now and then. But I've stopped smoking. And people say, well, okay, do you think you might start back again? Yes. I mean, an addict is always going to, you know, be able to start back and all of that. But I don't think I will, Jody, only because I don't want to have to go through this again. This has been rough the last few months. And I think down the line, I probably would want to stop smoking again. And I don't want to go through what I've been through in the last few months. You want to talk about that? What, is it, what has it been like? Well, it's just, you know, you just feel like you've lost your, your best friend. <laughs> I mean, it's awful I, to even call them that, but that's exactly what I thought. And it's because they were always with me. I never moved without them. And uh, they were that much of a crutch. And so I, I don't think I'll ever start again. But as far as the um, the withdrawals, that kind of thing, you know, it was probably rough for about a month, and then it's gotten easier as the months go on, and so we're we're looking at almost five months now. So that's pretty good. That's very good. It's yeah, it's very, yeah, it especially is. to do it cold, tur- more more or less cold turkey. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, because I couldn't take that shantix anymore. That after a week of that, but it does work. Seems that way. You don't want to smoke with them. That's for sure. It works. It seems like a good medicine. It is a fantastic medicine. I would recommend it to anyone. Now, I've never tried a patch or the gum or some of those other things, e-cigarette or uh, whatever the vaping and all of that is. Uh, Never have tried that. It just wouldn't be my Salem's. And so, you know, (laughs) that's not worth it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So yeah, I I feel like I'm 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 a quitter. 
You are in the best like way. I'm a quitter. In the best possible way. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm very I'm proud of you. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank That's you, amazing. Jody. Well, you you encouraged me an awful lot. You sure did. Thank you. I would not take credit for anything. It's your this is all you. Well, it's and all, God. It sure is the yes. Lord for sure. Right. Yeah. Enchanted. He said, I'm gonna get her that girl to stop if I have to do it on my own. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> what what did the withdrawal symptoms feel like? Well, it's some shaking involved, yep, for sure. And then just a sense of, I can't get a hold of myself. You know, it's like there's something wrong. I'm not myself. This doesn't feel good, you know. And I think anytime you feel like that about yourself, that's scary. You know, this is not my normal. So, yeah, I think it was, I think it was super hard to quit, but it sure was worth it. I will say that. Uh, it was way worth it because I feel proud, of, not of myself really, but just proud that God didn't give up on me. He said, "I'm she's going to quit." So yeah, the withdrawals are a little bit rough, but it can be done if I can do it. Then anybody can. Got you. You were, yeah. You, <laughs> you were a child. pro. You were a pro. <laughs> yeah, I sure was. <laughs> I sure was. You feel like the withdrawal was more of a psychological thing than it was a physical thing? Yeah, I think so. Because anything that you've had most of your life, or you can't remember a time when you didn't have it, I think that's shaky when you lose something uh, like that it, that has been your constant companion, just a comfort, just to have them in the purse. Yeah, that was interesting when you described it as like losing a friend. Exactly. That hits home with how difficult that must be. Yeah, a lifelong friend. A good friend, or at least, you know, to me it was, but it, but it wasn't. It wasn't sure. a good friend. Mm-mm. No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this, as far as triggers, you know, when you start think, you know, if you start thinking about cigarettes after you, you know, you think, well, what, what triggers, uh, you know, you still wanting one after this many months and everything. And Jody, let me just say everything. The only time that I don't, want a cigarette or don't think about it is when I'm walking the dogs, walk the dogs quite a bit. And uh, I never smoked then. So that's not a trigger. But as far as watching television, talking on the telephone, driving a car, working on a Sunday school lesson, watering flowers outside, those are all triggers. Eating, mercy. Do you still do you wake up in the middle of the night still wanting a cigarette? Uh Uh-huh. Sure do. Can you still watch Murder, She Wrote? No, can't watch that anymore. Really? Uh-uh. No, not in the middle of the night. I can't. Too too much of a trigger? It is. Uh-huh. I enjoyed that. There's another thing you had to give up. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Do you feel like you've replaced the smoking with anything? Positive or negative, good or bad? Yeah, I've eaten more. Yeah, need to really watch that uh, quite a bit. I think that would probably be the only negative, though, is that I'm eating more. That hand-to-mouth reaction or whatever. But other than that, I'm so happy not to be smoking now. I'm glad you're feeling that way. You should be. I mean, you should be proud of yourself. It's a huge accomplishment. Thank you. Had you ever tried to quit before? No. mm -mm, No. And like I said, on August 27th, I fully intended not to quit. Or when I started that Shantix, I just wanted that cough to stop because it was was, uh, not only an embarrassing cough, but it was scary. I, I was scared this summer. So... I was just taking the shantics, not to quit, just to stop, just to slow down the smoking a little bit. Backfired on me. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> 70 years old, been smoking since I was 19. And you think, well, okay. But I really believe that that cough, of course, was brought on, I think, by the Lord and smoking big time. And he said, well, this is the way we'll get her to stop. <laughs> it worked. It obviously worked. It worked. <laughs> Which, un, you know, unfortunately, some people have that moment when they have the heart attack. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, I quit smoking on this day because I had a heart attack that day or whatever. I'm glad it didn't happen that way. Exactly. Me too, Jody, because it sure could have. A lot of different ways it could have happened. Mm-hmm. You're so right. And you mentioned that about the carotid. I think, I don't know if a lot of people realize the vascular complications that go along with smoking. Like if we think about lungs, but from my experience working in the hospital, the vascular part of it's almost worse. You know, the circulation gets cut off to their legs and... Gosh, the, the people that the vascular surgeons take care of, a lot of them are just in really bad shape. Exactly. Uh, and probably, I think, from smoking for the vast majority of them. I think you're right. I surely do. I think all of this has kind of accumulated since I've been coming to you and we've started blood pressure medicines. And now we're, we, we're on the carotid artery and we've done the circulation test on the legs and all of that. Uh, I think it's just all maybe driven me to the point and then the the bad cough i think it all just had something to do with it i think they were all factors right. that you just i just stopped physically how how do you feel differently since you quit smoking i feel of course a lot better i'm able to breathe i don't cough hardly at all where if you and i had been sitting here for however long we've been sitting here there would have been several coughs going on okay maybe not the choking coughs but there's I mean, I was coughing all the time. Right. And so I don't cough anymore. And I do have a lot more stamina and energy for sure. And I can breathe deeper. I can breathe easier, I think. You know, you don't wake up with that weight on your chest in the morning from the two packs that you smoked the day before. And that never went away. I mean, that heaviness of the chest when you're smoking just uh, stays with you. It doesn't lighten up or anything. It's still heavy. But you can feel it's better now. Oh, yes. I don't have it at all. Wow. Okay. Yes. Any changes in your sense of taste or smell? I feel like I've heard people say that food tastes better or tastes different or tastes better after you quit smoking. I haven't really noticed that that much. The only thing that I've really noticed is cigarettes and coffee go together, and I'm not able to drink coffee anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, and I used to drink coffee all the time and uh, love coffee, but... That's a big, big, big trigger right yeah. there. So can't can't do that anymore. Wow. No. Coffee's a serious thing for a lot of people. Has that been a whole separate thing? Not near like the cigarettes. No. They just went together. Like I mentioned earlier, it's like, what's the use in drinking a cup of coffee if you can't have a cigarette? You know, uh, <laughs> that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> you know? yeah. We're talking hardcore smoker here, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you proved that. For I'm sure. ashamed of it. To me, I didn't need a reason to smoke. They didn't taste better after this or that. They just all taste good. What's the plan for long term? How are you planning to uh, kind of maintain this? I'm trying to be a little bit more. I'm I'm, all, I'm super active already, as far as doing yard work or walking dogs or at the church all the time, and with seventy fabulous women. In the Sunday school class, there's always something going on. You're at a hospital or somewhere pretty much all the time with them. But I also want to just live a little for myself. I want to start reading books, things I've never had time to do. doesn't have anything to do with smoking. 
but just do some things that, you know, that maybe I've put off. I, and that may be just, just because I've turned 70. That may be that stigma there. I don't know. Didn't have anything to do with smoking, though. I'm not a therapist and I'm not an addiction expert, but I would imagine it is good to replace the habit that you quit with something else. Ideally, something positive. Right. Not eating. Yeah, yeah that would be the one thing. Yeah, I've really got to cut down on that because that has been the one thing that I have overdone. But I haven't made up for not smoking in other areas. No, it's just been probably the eating a little bit. I'd way rather you eat more than smoke. Me too. Me too. I feel a lot better. I was going to ask if you had any worries about gaining weight after you quit. Seems like that's common for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people use that as a reason to not uh, or an excuse not to smoke. I may have used that when I was younger. I don't know. But now I think the one thing that I'm loving about not smoking is that we talk about the insides of us and what smoking does to the insides of us. But, you know, there's a lot of outside stuff that goes on with smoking, too. Your face. The, you know, especially around the mouth, your teeth, things like that, that folks, you know, that you don't really think about that much, wrinkles and, and that type thing. And maybe I'm just vain enough to think, well, you know what, this is wonderful. Maybe I can, you know, look a little better for a little while longer. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm too vain. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> you do not strike me as a vain person. That's not a vain thing to say at all. But at least I won't have, you know, the smoking wrinkles and all of that that goes with it, I guess. I don't know. So there is some outside looks to it, too. Plus, I don't smell like smoke anymore. Right. And it's not in my hair anymore. And you look great, by the way. You don't. Oh. <laughs> you're right. Some people, that's another way I feel like medical people can kind of tell or anybody yeah. can tell. You yeah. know, you walk in the room and, you know, you're looking at their chart and they look 20 years older than what their actual age is. <laughs> yeah. But you, to me, you don't fall in that category at all. I think well, you're lucky that way for somebody who smoked so heavily. Yeah. And I tell you, smoking will make you old looking, you know, not only feel old because you do have that weight on that chest all the time, but it also makes you look old. I was interested in something you said a second ago about rationalizations that you use to convince yourself that you don't have to quit. Right. Was, was there anything else for you that you remember? over the years that you kind of used that way or leaned on that way? I'm not sure, Jody, that I felt like I had to rationalize it. I didn't come up with a lot of excuses to smoke. I just liked it. I did everything the wrong way. So if there's anybody listening to this podcast, <laughs> you know, oh, you want to Of course, do there are a ton of people listening to this podcast. <laughs> but if they are, I want to make sure that they do the exact opposite of what I've done and how I felt and what I did. because. There, nothing I did was healthy about it. Nothing. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone or even if you could go back and talk to your 19 year old self right now, what, what advice would you give? Well, you know, back then when you were not, when I was 19 in seventies, I don't even know that they even mentioned any kind of ill effects from smoking. I'm not even sure they put it on a pack of cigarettes. So if I've been smoking over 50 years, I think that was on down the road. And so the younger self, but I think the main thing I would tell myself or tell anyone else is all of the things that I've mentioned to you today is there's nothing good that comes out of it. Nothing. I would discourage anybody from even trying it because you don't know if you've got that addictive gene or whatever in you. And so don't ever take a chance on anything that might become addictive. Never want to do that, especially cigarettes. Never. 
It's awful. Did you have the experience of like the first time you had a cigarette you knew? That I was going to keep smoking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people say that about alcohol and stuff. I bet I did. It's been so long ago, but I think so. Back then, I just wanted to fit and look like everybody else over there. And then it just grabs hold of you. And you're on a runaway train is what it is. And you, I couldn't stop. I can't say you can't stop. I couldn't stop it. Have you noticed that about yourself in other areas of life? Is there anything else that, I mean, I'm not asking you to say specifically, but are, are there other things that you've had, you've had that addictive tendency with, or was it really just cigarettes? I think the only other addictive tendency I had was I was addicted to work and worked way too many hours raising a child by myself and should not have done that. But I was on call 24 hours a day and I, I took that so seriously that, yeah, that was probably pretty addictive just working. I loved it, too, but I sure don't miss it. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> That's another good habit to stay away from if it you can. Sure yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything good that you would, would not have expected? Anything that surprised you that's come out of not smoking? I think my daughter, Jordan, is proud of me, and that's a really big deal to me. I think my the rest of my family members would probably be pretty proud of me, but since it's just been us, she she and me, for uh, most of her life, uh, she's the one counts. You know, right. she didn't know it. I didn't tell anybody that I'd stopped. I waited about three or four weeks before I told Jordan or anyone. In fact, I still haven't told very many people because I, you know, I didn't trust myself because I kept saying, "Well, now I can go right back to this." This, you know, I think I was still fighting that. You, you hadn't quit yet. No, surely not. <laughs> but I was still drawing that clock every day <laughs> and marking <laughs> off those hours. <laughs> right, right. I did that for a long time. Okay. Yeah. You just kept going with that. Sure did. You should frame that. I know. Put it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> or bring it in here. I'll frame it and put it on the wall in the exam room to show other people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> have people generally been supportive? Like, is Very. The people you have told? Yeah. yeah. But I think unless you're a smoker... You don't know how big a deal that is. Okay. You know, I think that they say, let's say if I if I told the Sunday school class they quit smoking, well, they wouldn't even have known I was a smoker. But let's say that they they I, I tell them that I have uh, stopped smoking, and uh, they'd say, "Well, great," and they cheer and they clap and congratulations, you go girl, kind of thing. But I don't know unless you've been an addict and have been addicted to something that's controlled your life. I'm not so sure it's a big deal to too many people, and that's okay. I'm fine with that. I didn't do it for the glory at all. Believe me, <laughs> you don't get glory out of that. <laughs> I'm giving all the glory to God on that. Do you feel like you have good support around you going forward? Do you feel like you're getting enough of that? Well, nobody ever says anything. I think what they when when somebody finds out that you've stopped something. I think at that point, it just kind of leaves their, their mind uh, that, oh, yeah, she was a smoker at one time. And she, you know, I don't think that. And I'd be the same way, probably. If somebody said, look, I quit drinking uh, after 50 years, I quit drinking. Well, I would that would be fantastic. And then all of a sudden, you know, after a few months, I don't know that that, that would have, you know. So I don't know about the support. I think you and Jordan have probably given me the most support. I really haven't received any from anybody else. Well, yes, please come in here anytime you need support before you before you 
Open those cigarettes, please. Come on in here. You'll be my best friend before I do that. Yes. But no, I think uh, asking me to be a part of the podcast back in November, like November 11th or whenever you asked me to do it a couple of months ago, that spurred me on too. So that's why I feel like you're a support also beside Jordan. Awesome. So I think you're both of you are the really the only support I have. Okay, gotcha. Well, I'll try to live up to that. Well, thank you, Joe. And this will always be, you can always listen back to this now, now that we've done this. Okay. Yeah, you can always <laughs> just listen back to it. All right. Saying that, I can understand why why people would do the 12-step program kind of thing. Yes. I don't. Is there one of those for nicotine? I don't know. No, but I did hear about a gal. Uh, a gal told me recently that there is a place up in, and I don't know if it's Rochester, Minnesota, like where Mayo is, or Rochester, New York, but she was telling me about a place where you can go and check in, like a Betty Ford, but for smokers. And I wish I'd known about that. I don't know how long that's been going on. Don't even know anything about it. But she said that her daughter is thinking about heading up there, that she's a smoker and wants to stop, but needs, you know. Wow. Inpatient treatment for that. Now, that's what I understand, but I don't know. I don't know much about it. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll research that and put a link in the show notes okay. so everybody can check that out. That would be wonderful. Yeah. But, you know, do many people smoke? I don't see hardly anybody smoking. That's a great point. Yeah, there may not be enough business around for any for a lot of things like that to exist. The vast majority of my patients do not smoke or do not smoke anymore. To put a percentage on it, I don't know, maybe 10% less? You're right. It's not a very common thing anymore. No. Or at least people don't admit to it. It's super uncool now. Plus, when I would go to Wally World to get my carton every Saturday, or if I went in during the week for something else, go get some Cokes or something up at Wally World, I hardly ever see anybody buying cigarettes. I guess, I mean, that's good. That's what yeah, we want. That's exactly what we want. For a while, I thought the, you know, the whole thing where the tobacco companies had to give up advertising and all that. For a while, I thought that's a, you know... That's a sweetheart deal because they're probably like, great, we don't have to pay money for advertising and all these folks are still going to keep smoking. They're gonna, <laughs> the, the ads didn't help or they didn't hurt, right. you know, either sure. one. Right, right, right. <laughs> it seems like we are headed in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. We've come a long way, baby. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you have. And I'm very proud of you. And I know it's still early. You know, it's only been a few months. So uh, please, in all seriousness, if you need that support, you know, reach you. out, please. Reach I out will. to Jordan. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. I don't know Jordan, but you can't her. imagine she would mind. No, no yeah. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else on your mind? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? I'm hoping to do some more traveling now. Jordan and I have always loved to travel, and we love the West mostly, and New England, but we do love the West. We're not beach people. I'm hoping that now we'll be able to travel and do things that, I don't have to find some place to smoke. That I think that's exciting for me because that's something that a smoker is always thinking about is as soon as I get off the plane, where can I go smoke? And then when I get out of the cab or the rental car, where can I go behind the hotel to smoke or something like that? You're always, you know, where now I, I won't have to worry about that. But I do think that's a that's something that, folks consider. And I think it also prohibits some travel because you think, what's the use? I, you know, it's just easier to stay home. 
have there been times when that has prevented you from doing something that you would have yeah, otherwise? Yeah, the senior adult trips from our church, they go to all these different places. They went to Billy Graham uh, recently and the Biltmore, and they went to Alaska for two weeks. And I, I knew that there was no way I'd be able to hide for that long smoking and plus be miserable, not, you know, you want to enjoy a trip. And so that is certainly uh, prevented me from going on senior adult trips for my church. And they're planning some this year and I'm I'm planning on being a part of them. Good. Yeah. That's a great incentive. Yeah, it is a very good incentive. I don't have to think about that anymore. Anything else that you'd like to say? Just to smokers out there, I would love to say that I know how you feel. I know what it's like to be a smoker. I'm not a holier-than-thou non-smoker at all. I totally relate to what you, uh, you know, to how you feel. And there's lots of different feelings that go along with smoking. So I, I do understand, but I also know that it is possible to stop. And I never believed that, ever. I never considered uh, stopping or quitting. That just didn't just I never thought about it because I I thought it was so undoable. There's no way I could ever do that or would want to. How about that? But you can do it. And I think that that's the most encouraging thing that I could say to somebody is I know you love smoking and I know it makes you feel good and just gives that, you know, that comfort to you. But it does it does affect you, you know, your health and uh, your looks, and just your whole attitude. It's a big deal. And so I I encourage everybody out there to stop smoking in whatever way you can find to do that. And God bless you. That's a great message. Would you be open to to listeners contacting you if they want to talk about it or need support or whatever? I would be happy to listen to them. Okay, yeah. How, How could people get a hold of you? Well, I'm not on Facebook or any of the social medias, uh, all of that, but I do have an email address. And it let me spell it because it's my name, C-A-R, it's Carlos Bauer, C-A-R-L-O-S-S-B-A-U-E-R at bellsouth.net. Do you get free email because you're a mm-hmm. retiree from uh-huh. Bell South? Yeah. Okay, good. You <laughs> yeah. should. Free phone, whole bit. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's Just great wish part. I could get the direct TV because AT&T owns them too. And I don't know why I can't get hey, that. Hey, AT&T, get it together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this yeah, lady I'd worked hard for you for a long time. She needs free TV. <laughs> but anyway, yes, please contact me. I, I, I would love to hear your story. And if I could help in any way, I'd love to do that because that's a, that'd be a huge blessing for me. Amazing. Yeah, I'll put your email in the show notes along with everything else. All right. Thank you, Jody. Carlos Bauer, thank you so much. I've enjoyed the conversation. I really appreciate your time. You are so welcome, Jody Marks. Thank you for being my doctor. I think most of the people who listen to this probably work in medicine in some capacity. So I want to throw out a plug for the annual low-dose chest CT. That's a relatively new recommendation. But it, almost immediately after I started ordering them, I caught a lung cancer and a heavy smoker that would have, you know, wouldn't have known until it became a big deal. So that's a that's a huge thing we can do for our patients. Is uh, and the recommendation is anybody from fifty to eighty years old with more than a twenty pack year smoking history, they qualify for that annual low dose chest CT scan until they're eighty years old or until it's been fifteen years since they stopped smoking. So 
recommend those to your patients. Absolutely. That's a, that's something you can do. And then as far as getting people to quit smoking, I don't, Miss Bauer has the advice for that. Um, that's something I don't really even tend to harp on just because I feel like everybody knows it's bad for you these days. And my philosophy about it is if somebody, some, nobody's going to quit because I tell them to, they, they have to want to themselves or they have to hear it from God or whatever. I don't feel like I have the power to force people to quit smoking, but I think they think people have to come to it on their own. But obviously that is something we need to be bringing up in our visits and interactions with people. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. I don't tend to hassle people about their weight either because I feel like, you know, everybody knows it's not great to be overweight and I can't do anything to change it for the most part. So I pretty much just when you want to, you'll you'll do it. For some, if they're doctors, you don't do that, Jody, but I have had doctors that have kind of harped on that, you know. It was only a matter of time kind of thing. Scared straight. It, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I'm not sure that, that, that that's near as productive as, you know, they intend for it to be. I don't think so either. Uh, and at least at least with smoking, we do have the Chantix. At least we have something where we can say, I can write you a prescription for this medicine that might help. I'm all about that. Or there's these nicotine replacement products or whatever. But yeah, I think you're right. I I've struggled with weight. I've always been overweight and when doctors have yelled at me about it, it's a short, it's kind of a short term thing. Like I leave the office going, all right, I'm going to, you know, they said I have to lose this much weight, so I'm going to change things. And maybe I changed my habits for a week and then I go right on back to what I was doing. I don't know if that's the same for smoking, but it's a, to me, it's a short term thing. It is. And honestly, I think it's a way for medical people to feel like we're doing something. <laughs> you know, Like if I tell you to quit smoking, oh, I just gave you medical advice. It'll <laughs> be $75, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't, yeah. I don't know that it's really that powerful of a tool for us to say something about it. I do think, though, that just mentioning maybe just but no harping on it or anything like that, I think. But still mentioning, hey, are you still smoking or have you thought a little bit about maybe stopping or something like that? Something sounds harmless. They do need to hear that. Yeah, I try to bring it up in a non you know, non-judgmental kind of way. And you always do. I think that's wonderful. These days, there are a lot of things you kind of have to tiptoe around if you don't want to piss people off. You know, between smoking and weight and the whole vaccine situation, I've gotten pretty good at just casually bringing things okay. up and then moving right along. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, that does it for this episode of Knowledgeable Provider. I'm your host, Jody Marks. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to like, subscribe, or follow on your preferred listening platform. Give us a nice five-star rating and leave a nice review. If you'd like to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash knowledgeable provider. And as always, stay safe, take care of yourself, and take care of your patients in that order. Is it? <clears throat> I'm doing all the coughing today, not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>